Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. Radio MD. Radio MD. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. As a parent, and you see the tragic and racially charged events going on today, many parents are wrestling with their own feelings, the hopes they have for their children, and the difficulty of helping those children thrive in a world full of racial bias. And whether you are a minority or not, helping your child understand the diversity in the world today is not as easy as you might think being a parent. And my guest today is Dr. Jacqueline Duget. She's currently the Bureau Director of Health Services at the Howard County Health Department in Columbia, Maryland. Dr. Duget, I'm so glad to have you on because I just think what a great topic. We so need to be talking about this. You see some of these things on TV. You see kids as young as five and seven yelling terrible things, standing next to parents, yelling terrible things. First of all, what the heck is going on? How do children learn racial bias and what are we doing to our kids? Um, thank you, Melanie, for the opportunity to um, be on your be on the show today, and for the opportunity to share some of the work that the American Academy of Pediatrics is doing to help families um, address racism and its impact on children and adolescent health, which is also the title of um, the policy statement that was co that I co wrote with the lead authors, um, Dr. Maria Trent and Dr. Daniel Dooley, who are also um, pediatricians. And I think first and foremost you know, why this was important to talk about is, as you said, I mean, racism is universal. Um, it doesn't impact just kids of color. It impacts all kids. And as pediatricians, you know, we're invested in the health and well-being of our children. And racism is one of those aspects, one of those social determinants of health um, that impacts their long-term um, health and well-being. And I think, um First and foremost, I think talking about it, having um, conversations like we're having today, I think is one of those steps to help families address racism and um, the consequences of racism. So, you know, we all know some people, whether it's a relative or someone you know in your neighborhood, who you're uncomfortable around because they have views that are the antithesis of what, I mean, I have members in my own family, and it freaks me out, doctor. 
And so, first of all, I'd like you to give parents listening some strategies before we're helping our children learn, but some strategies for ourselves as role models to cope when we see racial bias, when we see it in our family or in our friends. And, you know, not even only racial, but in today's LGBTQ community, we're just seeing racism and sexism and misogynistic impulses coming out all over the place. So can you start by helping parents to be better role models, you know, when we see this happening around us? Oh, I think, I mean, I think that's very important because what we do as parents influences that we model for our kids. And I think first and foremost is to acknowledge that these, that these isms occur, right? The, whether racial bias, racism, and as you've spoken about, um, other injustices and intolerances that, um, that we see on a daily basis. I think first and foremost, we need to acknowledge it. I think secondly, we need to, if we can, and there's certain, you know, there's certain situations where we need to address it, right? We need to call people out for what they're saying and what they're doing and let people know that that's not, that's not tolerated. Or we find a space where maybe um, you talk to that friend or you talk to that family member um, off to the side so that you can let share with them um, your your ideas and beliefs, and I think first and foremost, we all we each have biases. Sometimes we don't want to admit that. So our biases could be racial, it could be gender, um, it could be sexual orientation, it could be based on a person's um, culture or religion. I think first and foremost, we also need to address that. What feelings do we have that we're holding against someone else? And I think by acknowledging that and trying to redress those. Um, those biases, those unconscious biases, those implicit biases, then we can also model for our kids that, yes, you know what, there are thoughts that we have, but we don't need to act on those thoughts. We don't have to, to say, um, say horrible things or hurtful things to others. We need to check ourselves. And I think in doing that for our kids, they start to see that, okay, you know, my mom, my dad, my guardian, my grandparent, they're 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 struggling with it just like I'm struggling with it. And then have conversations, you know, be open to your kids asking you questions. And also depends on the age of the child. I mean, I know there are many instances where, you know, I've come home, my kids are teenagers now. One's a teenager. The other one is still an adolescent, but a young adult. We have conversations about things that have happened to us or um, challenges that we have with others. And there are times when my kids correct me. There are times when I correct them. And the conversation, but I think first and foremost, like you were saying, we have to acknowledge it. We have to um, address it, speak out, speak out about it, and find ways individually to also look look within ourselves and address those biases that we are carrying. Certainly true. And and for me, doctor, this is a very passionate topic, and I'm going to try not to get too heated because I, it, it infuriates me what I see today. And when you see those videos of people taking to task someone in a Walmart or in a Costco who who's racially attacking somebody, you know, you see these Hispanic couples getting attacked by somebody. I want to be that woman telling that person to get out of the store and that they have no right. And, and yet... You wonder if that's the correct way. So first of all, how young are our children learning these things? If that woman in the store who's yelling at somebody because of their race, 
Are little kids able to grasp what that is? How little? So we know that kids um, can identify differences very young, as young as six months or in infancy. They can they can see differences. They don't ascribe a value to those differences. As they get older, let's say around preschool age, maybe three to five, is when they're starting to really understand and recognize bias and can ascribe bias and can ascribe a value to it based on what they're seeing and what they're hearing. So I think you're you're correct. Our kids are learning learning these behaviors, they're learning these attitudes from not only as parents, and I think this is why I think it's so important and we'll probably get to it as well, why it's important to talk to our kids, right? Because since we know, you know, as a parent you, you might not think that, okay, I'm not ready to have that talk, right? To have that talk about race and racism with my preschooler. But whether or not you're ready, they're seeing. They're watching television. If you have the news on, if you have your radio on, if you're listening to a podcast, you know, your kids are being exposed in the schoolyard, right? They're being exposed to this. And if we don't talk to them about it, if we don't acknowledge that this exists, then we're not doing our kids a service. We want to we wanna prepare them for when they, when they see it, when they hear it, if they experience it. How they can how they can manage their feelings, how they can address the intolerance, and then how they can have conversations with you because you're already open to having those conversations. That's certainly true. And and as we're going to get just a little more into that, one of the things we're seeing now. I sent my son off to college, and we're a Jewish family, and I had to explain to him that he's going to face things that he has not faced before, really, not really. And he had an experience and he called me and he said, what do I do with this? And so we talked about it. Now, another thing, doctor, that we notice is teenagers listening to music. They hear some of their music idols using words that they themselves are not allowed to use. So how do we talk to our kids? And I'd like you to kind of do it for teenagers because that seems to be a spot where we can maybe make a really big difference as parents. How do we discuss this with our children? I'm going to bring up another um, great example. You know, I grew up in an era, I, I grew up listening to hip-hop music and rap music, you know, at the very beginning. My parents, I don't think they really listened to that music. But I think each age we have, we have music where there's content that parent, you know, there's a generational, there's a generational um, issue, but I agree with you. There are there there are lyrics and music, um, and I would even say, just take it back a little bit. I think even younger kids, right? They're listening to um, popular music and contemporary music, and many of the artists that they admire use words or you know f- uh, feature images or things in, in their YouTube page, their you know their videos, um, their their social media accounts. So I would even say, I think we need to start even younger to talk about it. But to address even teenagers, first and foremost, I would say as a parent, whether you like the music or not, I would listen to what your kids are listening to. You know, you and I and I've and I've done this. I mean, I don't always do it well, right? Because again, you know, it depends on you know my kids have different tastes in music and they're things that they don't like that I listen to. But you know, like if they're playing a music, if they want to, you know, play their i, you know, play their music in the car while I'm driving. You know, they, they sync it 
you know, not technically savvy, as you can tell, right? So they'll sync it, you know, to the with their Bluetooth, and so we're listening to the music, and I'm hearing some lyrics, and I'm like, oh, who's that artist? Right? So you start to engage in a conversation, and, you know, oh, it's interesting, you know, even afterwards, because they, they don't want to be bought, you know, they don't want you to ask a lot of questions while they're listening to the tune. Of course But not. afterwards, right, you know, if there's an opportunity for you to have a, you know, when you have an opportunity to talk with them, it's like, oh, that was a cool artist. Um, who's that new artist? Um you know, how did you how did you learn about them? You know, just engage in questions because if you're interested in things they're interested in, that really helps to, to start the conversation. And then you can sort of play up about you know things that you you thought about. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a it's good music, but I was curious about the lyrics. What do you think about the lyrics? What I heard was X, Y, and Z, right? Things that I that I have a question about, and what are your thoughts about it, right? It's really about engaging in conversation and showing an interest, as opposed to I think taking a negative approach saying, oh, that music is so horrible. I can't believe you listened to that, right? Because no one likes to be shamed. And we don't want to shame our kids for the things that they like, right? It's a growing process. And even as adults, it's a growing process. We want to engage in a conversation that's where it's safe for our kids to say why they do or don't like that. And for you as a parent or a guardian to share why you do and don't like it. And really express your expectations, your beliefs. Um, about those lyrics and trying to find alternatives and discussing alternatives. I completely agree with you. By getting involved, as as I do with my kids, I listen to their music and they listen to my Bob Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel and Grateful Dead, and we and we do this exchange so that they can hear what I grew up listening to and I can hear what they are listening to, and we find something to like in each other's music and it's a great time as you say to discuss some of the words that they're hearing some of the things that they're hearing in them and now I mean we could talk about this for a long time but I want some of your best tips because what we see in the media is right now in my opinion the single biggest negative factor for our children they are seeing people in high places using these racial stereotypes blatant racial bias from, you know, people that they are supposed to look up to and respect. Then this becomes the parents' challenge. How do we address those things and say, this is not who we are. This is not how we behave. This is how I would like you to behave. How do we do that, Doc? I think, again, great, great point. And I think, um, you know, it's, I'll, I'll start off by saying it's not an easy conversation to have. I think there's some families, right, some being an African-American mom, pediatrician, you know, aside from pediatrician, I'm a mom first and having two black sons. Um, I think it's, it's very, we have this conversation very frequently about race. Um, and some other, other families do as well. I mean, I know there's some African-American families, you know, they have the conversation, but the conversation may be later, right? So I think first and foremost, I think you have to, not I should I should say you have to, I think my, my recommendation for parents is to understand that it's important to talk to your kids about racism. Similarly, like you're talking to your kids about eating healthy, um, you're going to eventually have the sex talk, right? Um, you're going to have talks about bullying and mental health. This is this is about health, right? It's a it's it's also important for 
the identity for your kids, their self-esteem, how how they how they feel feel proud about themselves, right? So it's important for us to talk about it. And I'd say let's it starts early. Uh, you know, you may not necessarily have to have a direct conversation with a three-year-old about, oh, did you know about what happened in the news? I think it starts very early. I think it starts first with the books that we provide to our kids. Are our books um, not only diverse but inclusive? Can our kids see themselves represented in those books but also see other kids that are different from them? So we're starting to have the conversation without directly having the conversation about accepting differences, accepting and appreciating who you are, right? I think there's a, there's, there's a beautiful new picture book by Lupita Nyong'o, and there are other, other great writers, right, where we challenge the issue of colorism. She challenges the issue of what it means to be a beautiful black girl. And I think books like that, and there are many other books, like I said, where kids can see themselves represented, where they may not have seen themselves represented before. So it's a counter-narrative to our, our media culture without being overtly telling our kids that this is, this is what we're doing. Also, as parents, right, who is our social circle? Who is our social network? Do our kids see others? Do they see that Do you have friends of different races, different identities that come over to the house or are part of your family or part of your, your social network, as I said before? And then also when kids ask questions, when kids point out differences, when they ask about why does she have that skin color? Why is my hair this way? Why can't I have my hair straight if her hair is curly or vice versa? And when, you know, it's not, I think our, our initial in, instinct as a parent is to say, why do you feel that, you know, why are you saying that, right? It's more of an, a judging tone as opposed to more of an inquiry. Also, you know, why, why, why is that, right? So, engaging in that conversation and then kind of talking about why your child is unique and beautiful, why that other child is unique and beautiful. Yes, you, you may want that different type of hair or, you know, that person looks different, but, but what's similar? How do we start to build tolerance and love of similarities as well as appreciate, appreciating differences? And then as kids get older, depending on things that they're seeing in the media, things that they're going through, whether or not they're bystanders, um, they're the ones that, you know, had had negative um, a negative situation occur to them, a racist situation. I think we have to start talking to our kids about and asking them questions and talking about what's good, what's bad, what are your belief systems, and then also providing tools and tips for our kids about how to resist it. Right? We need to call out racism when we see it. How do we have them come? talk to us as parents because if we haven't had the conversation or we as parents don't feel comfortable talking about race or racism, then how do our kids have a safe place to come and talk to a trusted adult to say, look, this is what's happened to me in school. This is what's happened to a friend. How can I help support my friend? And then finding ways to replace it, right? And replacing um, those negative stereotypes is having opportunities for our kids to feel empowered to tell a teacher talk to their school administration, have a parent join the PTA, talk to the coaches so that they feel like they, they, they can make a difference and not feel powerless in the situation. But I think ultimately it's really going to come down to knowing who your child is and providing that relationship 
which starts from very young, where you talk to your kids about any and everything so that they feel comfortable sharing with you what's going on and taking opportunities outside of, um, you know, taking, you know, when you're going for a walk together, you're watching TV together, you're in the car together, as, as we mentioned, listening to music together. Those are opportune times as well to have conversations as things come up. And first and lastly, I would say turn off the TV, <laughs> turn off mm-hmm. the radio, because um, we don't need to listen to all of it. Um, and we can, we can do some other activities um, together um, in, in the community um, so that we are not always bombarded with those negative um, messages. Wow, that was great advice. And I think getting involved in the community and maybe helping in communities where people do look different than your children and and having them get to know them, as you said, those are all great pieces of advice. And there's also, you know, now parents can use even memes where there's people of different colors and then their skeletons all look the same or eggs, a brown egg and a white egg, and you open it up and the egg looks the same in the inside. So those are also teaching things that you can use your children. And thank you so much, Dr. Duget, because what an important topic and so important. And I don't want parents to be uncomfortable. We have to discuss these things if we want to raise a better generation and the next generation. And we have to be willing to get right out there with our kids and discuss them and not to be afraid or uncomfortable. So I hope you'll share this show with friends and family. I know that I am going to share this show with some people that I know and have them listen to Dr. Duget's great advice. We all have to hear this message so that we can all be together. And that's what we are. We're a globe. We're a planet together. So thank you so much for joining us. And these shows, Healthy Children, Our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. They are the gold standard, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and we love our pediatricians here at Radio MD. So I hope you will share these shows. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are played. We'd like you to listen at RadioMD.com. I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well.